Shauna Federn. This is Joel Espido. And this is Oli Notebook. Which is true. Uh, do you want me to tell them where we are, or do you want to tell them where we are? Um, you can tell them. You're okay, I was that. hoping I was going to get a chance to, to, to talk on this episode, because I, <laughs> I never get to say anything. So we're at Brother Don's again. Uh, this is going to be round three from Brother Don's. And Brother Don's is in Tacoma. It's on Kitsap Way. And it's a place where there's Tacoma? a... Tacoma? Did I say Tacoma? Yeah. Hmm. It's in Bremerton. That's different. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's all the same in the end. Brother Don's is in Bremerton. Brother Don's in Bremerton on Kitsap Way. Um, in Kitsap County. In Kitsap County. No, no less. Uh, one, of the, one of the guys that go there a lot is Brad Foible, uh, who's part of a band. Um, called Bremer Scum Radio. I suggested their name become the Kitsaps, but he didn't go with that. Uh, but yes, that's another link to the Kitsap thing. So we're we're here in Bremerton, Washington, for this one. Uh, Brother Don's is a place where you can go. Uh, singer songwriters can go. They have a singer songwriter showcase where it's really just for singer songwriters to kind of go and maybe uh, perform some of their new songs, maybe some of their old favorite songs. Um, it's just a really good way to kind of network with, with a lot of different songwriters, too. I would encourage anyone that's a singer-songwriter to, to go to Bremerton and check out Brother Don's. It's on Tuesday nights. Get there about 6.30. The show kicks off at 7 o'clock with Jeff Tassin, Emmy Award winner Jeff Tassin. He gets up and does some songs for about a half hour or so while where everyone's kind of settling in. And then um, he just uh, he calls you up, and you go up, and you do your performance, and at the end of the night, um, they pass the tip jar around throughout the evening, and at the end of the night, they draw a name uh, out of the hat, and some singer-songwriter is going to win some money, which is pretty cool. I mean, it's a pretty decent amount of cash, too. Definitely is plenty for gas money and stuff if you're traveling a distance to get there, unless you're coming from somewhere like you know Wyoming. It probably isn't enough, but um, if you're coming from Wyoming, uh, you're probably going to have a nice ride over this time of year anyway, so... Um, all our listeners there in Wyoming, there's probably 40,000, 50,000 of them by now, I would figure. Um, pause for laughter and edit. Okay, so on this episode, we have uh, Michaela Cleans Light, Niall Hartley, and Jim Skews. Obviously, they're all great singer songwriters. That's, that's why uh, they're on this podcast, and that's why they go to the showcase. And um, every time I go there, Though, it's frustrating because I want to capture more people. Um, these three people have been just just another great example of what we have. Every single one of them is a great example. Capturing them is difficult. Uh, because they're singer-songwriters, you can usually lure them in with cigarettes, coffee, or beer. Um, and then once you capture Do them... Do you have any of those things? I have all those things with me. Do you have like a giant... like? human-sized trap that you put it i had the trunk of my car which oh. i leave like little cigarette trails or beer can trails or okay. coffee beans and then they they kind of follow them and as soon as they get close to my car i push them in and then uh that's where i i capture them <laughs> and then i interview them uh once they're subdued and then uh uh I drop them off somewhere probably wyoming why are you giving away all our secrets um, I'm giving away our secrets because I want people to know what, what a terrible person I am. And, uh, that you way... You want them to stop listening to the podcast. Preferably, yeah. I mean, that would make me feel better. Okay. Um, but yeah, we take them out to Wyoming and, uh, drop them off out there, uh, with the coyotes or yotes as, uh, as they're known in the professional community of podcast relinquishers. All right. Okay. So first up here in the interview is Miss Kingslight. And she's 
does this great performance of her original material. Something to be said about her, though, is um, she also has a lot to do with the building of guitars and the teaching of how to play guitars. And she's so talented, she kind of... She literally bleeds into her into her music, building guitars and everything else. She is her music, literally. The guitar she's playing was a guitar that she built. So it's like... I don't know how more intimate you can get other than building your own instrument, mastering that instrument, and then writing with that instrument, which she does. I mean, it's just... It's just pure, I mean, it's all her. It's all her and the tree that the guitar was made out of. It's pretty awesome. And she's a great vocalist, great lyricist, and a a really cool person. And we got an interview with her and a couple songs of hers. Let's start again in the morning. Stop relying on the Let's start again in the morning Cause then we can be in the moment of life The one I was yesterday has gone away every day Alright, so this is Joel Espinal with Ole Notebook and Mouseside Brother Dons with Michaela Kingslight. And she's a singer-songwriter and uh, never really met her before, but she just got done with a really good set and uh, really wanted to ask her a couple questions. So how long have you been uh, doing singer-songwriter stuff? I guess for the last 15 years. And I'm touring around the country with it. That's cool. Yeah. What do, you, uh, do you tour under your name or do you have a band? I was touring under my name for a couple years, and then I joined the band Flypaper. Okay. And then uh, it just recently moved out to the Pacific Northwest, so I'm uh, just under my name again, looking for bandmates. Well, that's good. Yeah. Very cool. So uh, the rumor has it in here that uh, you do something with building guitars, constructing them, and um, selling them also then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kingslight Guitars um, with my dad, John Kingslight. And oh, you have the same last name. That's interesting. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. And my parents moved out here about seven years ago, and so I decided to move out here to be closer to them and to learn the trade. And um, I'm just building my first one from start to finish by myself. 
and so I'm just kind of getting into it. I'm just brand new. But do you guys I'm primarily work with acoustics or just acoustics? Just acoustics. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. You do all the inlays. All and... the inlay. Inlay is my favorite part. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed your your guitar is pretty unique. You've got a mm-hmm. lot of is that mother of pearl that you have yeah, there. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like what you guys did that. You got a good sound out of it too, which is pretty it's crucial. It's very bassy. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. You even asked them to turn down the bass. Yeah. I uh, I built my first guitar. Um, so I think I was four years old, oh, and yeah, and it uh, was made out of a shoebox and some rubber bands. Awesome. <laughs> um, yep, it did not. It didn't do very well. Um, it uh, was rather embarrassing. Um, <laughs> the next one I built though wasn't out of a shoebox. Actually, I actually made it out of a Kleenex box. So, kind of upgraded a little bit there. Um, but no, that's really cool. I totally respect uh, people that build their own guitars and stuff. That's really cool. I, I'm unable to do that, really. It, it seems like a lot of hard work and skill and talent. Like, I like to play them, but I don't like to. Um, I, don't, I guess I couldn't really build them. So uh, when you're doing your singing songwriter stuff, um, what do you use for inspiration? What do you use to collect it? Well, it can come from anywhere, really. Um, I kind of let the collective consciousness just kind of guide it. You know, whenever I'm writing a song, I, I let it just kind of evolve how the song wants to go. You know, it usually starts with a riff or a chord progression. And then... Um, so the music comes first for you? Music comes first, and then okay. I let the, the words just kind of... Uh, manifest out of the you know just kind of random lyrics and or, you know just kind of random little syllables that I'll sing mm-hmm. and then it it kind of makes it apparent what the song's about that is uh, similar to how um uh oh man okay the psychedelic furs yeah that I like that hey thank you you too man that was uh, Niles Hartley that just walked into the interview here oh yeah. uh, I'm gonna try to grab him here in a minute too since he's out here too um so for me, when I write, um, I, I write the lyrics first, usually, and then the music comes. Um, but every once in a while, they'll come at the same time, which uh-huh. is really, really weird. And it's yeah. kind of like some, something happened in the universe when that goes on. <laughs> um, so how many songs have you written? Do you, do you know? Do you even keep tabs? Or? And also, also when you, do you write some songs just for flypaper? Or do you write some songs that are just for you to perform? It, de- it depends on the band. I've, I've written songs for several bands and several electronic projects and hip-hop groups. Oh, cool. Um, so it kind of depends on the group um, and the style. A lot of times it just, um, if I like someone and I want to collaborate, um, you know, it just kind of comes together. Right. But with... Um, with Flypaper, a lot of them were my own songs that I had written that they kind of took and and we were able to make a touring project together with that. And we got a booking agency called Jettison Agency and they pretty much just put us on tour for um, like seven weeks at a time and wow. just out and about everywhere in the country. And, uh, well, how far are you traveling? What, what cities have you played? Pretty much every city. Every city in America. So there's there's several thousand Except for cities. New Orleans, which okay. is weird. Weird. I would uh-huh. Think that we would have played there, but yeah, every major city. Um, pretty much stayed in every single national park. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. We we all like to camp and everything. But so what do you prefer? Do you prefer playing solo stuff, or do you prefer playing with the band better? I'm trying to figure that out right now, actually. I've been taking a little time off, and I teach guitar lessons for a living, oh, cool. and ukulele and bass 
ukulele, I should say. Ukulele, ukulele right? Yes. Yeah, I should, I should yeah, say that there's, correctly. There's since a, I'm a teacher now. Right? Yeah, because people will be upset. They'll <laughs> hear know. the podcast. Like, they get mad. All 19 of the people <laughs> will be like, "Oh my gosh, you mispronounced it." She calls herself a ukulele teacher. <laughs> She's a ukulele teacher. Yes. So that's cool. Then, so um, what? What do you plan on doing here in the next two years musically? Well, um, I'm trying to put a band together before July 9th because I'm opening for Heart. And I need to put a band together really fast. That, so. would, that would seem really important, yeah. I am trying to find the right people. I actually had a band that said they were going to do it, and they just pulled out in the last minute. Yikes. And so I'm kind of scrambling right now to find some good people that are really professional. And, um, yeah, just just looking for the right group that can really commit to... What, uh, what venue are you playing with Heart? It's the Bremerton Rock the Dock. Okay. And cool. it's it's heart by heart, so it's not like the two main ladies, but the bass player and the drummer, I believe. Right. And so it's heart by heart and opening cool. for them. So. Awesome. Well, that's yeah. really good. I hope, yeah. I hope it works out. I hope you're able to find the right people. I hope so too. You know, <laughs> otherwise it would be you know not yeah. as not as good. <laughs> yeah, I can always just get a looper pedal. You know, I have my looper pedal and yeah, do some electric guitar stuff and, and take it like that. That works. Yeah. We'll, see. Oh, well, thank you for your time. I appreciate yeah, thank it. You. And uh, we'll. Get this out there as soon as we can. Excellent. All right, thank you. Nice to meet you. I told the doctor that I wasn't feeling well. But the look in his eyes told a story only eyes can tell. They said, I don't want to hear it no more. Don't want no more sad tears. Problems are bigger than yours, and I got many more bills to pay. Would you go away, go back to your home, leave me alone so I can get back to my drinking? Not thinking about what everybody needs. Can I just write a prescription, prescribe your addiction? Come on up. And so up next is Niall Hartley. He's a, a good friend of Jim Landis's and Al Alto, Jeff Tasson, a lot of people that, that play there. And, uh, and that we featured before on the podcast. That is true. We, we featured all of those people on the podcast before. And uh, Niall was someone that I was told about originally by Jim Landis. And then um, I got to listen to him for the first time. Uh, a couple weeks prior to the interview, and then uh, I asked him in advance if it was okay if we interviewed him. Um, of course, you know how I'd capture people. And then he agreed, and uh, it was cool to get some great insight from him. He has a lot of stories to tell, and uh, some of those stories are off the record, and I will keep them off the record as he requested. Uh, a great lyricist, great vocalist. He's one of these people that he's a storyteller, even if he's singing the song, you still feel the story he's telling. He's got great texture in his voice. 
and, and great imagery in his lyrics. Uh, this is he's truly a great songwriter and someone well worth seeing. I mean, come out to Brother Don's not just to see any of the people we feature, but you'll get to see people that maybe we haven't featured yet or are working on it. It's great for singer-songwriters to listen to other singer-songwriters because we kind of dig that, but also it's great for people that aren't singer-songwriters that just enjoy good songwriting and good musicianship and really good partnership. We work all together. All of us will work together and jam together and it's uh it's well it's a cult. It's what it is. It's it's a cult out in Wyoming uh called Cult Yodi. And uh, we're all a part of that there, cult, Yodi. And you also visit Brother Don's on occasion. Yes, we'll, we will make regular appearances at Brother Don's. Okay, so can we hear some of uh, Niles' music? I would love that, yeah. And he said it was okay, so here we go. Okay. Every time I see you, I'm trying hard to hide. All those funny feelings, I feel it. There's things I'd like to say I guess it means to shine I think my lips please speak All they do is sign Can you see the daydream I'm dreaming with these eyes Oh, can you hear my heart beat Outside here, uh, Brother Don's with Niall Hartley, who just got done finishing his set. Another great and heavy-duty, fantastic set. Excellent singer-songwriter. And uh, he's out playing a couple different shows here and there. The first time I heard him was at Brother Don's, but I heard rumors of who he was before I got out here from Jim Landis. And uh, Jim said, you got to check this guy out, so I did. So, Niall, how long have you been writing? Uh, probably 25 years. Wow. you have a favorite song that you wrote? The one I'm working on now. <laughs> right on. That's, that's, that's the way it goes, yeah. That's what you ask a songwriter that question, <laughs> yeah. that's the answer you're going to get. Hopefully. I mean, if they say something they wrote 25 years ago, then that's not a good sign, you know. No, and, and typically, you know, with, a, with songs is they're like, they're like children. Once you get the, the song done, and you're sure it's right in your mind... You're born it out there in the, the public, and it's published as soon as you play it out. 
So then you don't have to worry so much about it. But once you get it in studio, that's where you really learn the song. Yeah. And then that's what the song becomes. And then, <clears throat> and then you can let it go. It's, you know. But to me, those songs are a machine. And you have to file all the cogs and get them to work just right. <clears throat> and then once you do, you flip the switch and it runs on its own. Yeah. And that's the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> but taking the time to actually do that, you understand why people simplify songs so quickly. Yeah. Because when there are numerous parts, that's numerous memory and we're all after muscle memory because that's the only way you survive is muscle memory. That's right. So you have a, you're just releasing a CD now. <coughs> yeah, I released it uh, about three years ago. It's kind of been re-released now. I'm trying to get rid of the last few copies. <laughs> What's the name of it? Dime Store Cowboy. Dime Store Cowboy. You've been playing all over the place. I mean, you've, you've played everywhere. Well, you know, I, I did rock and roll for years and I screamed all night. And then disco came along and killed all that. And then, I, you know, I got a country heart. Had one forever. I just didn't realize it, like so many other songwriters. And So one day in the middle of a drug-induced stupor, I wondered what would make me happy. And I saw this guy in my imagination, and he had a cowboy hat. He had a pair of boots and a guitar, and I didn't own any of those things. But he was happy. Hmm. And so here I stand before you today. That's you, yeah. So you're happy now. Yeah, and so not unlike the song says, you can turn over a new leaf any time, start all over. If you have to, you turn the whole tree over. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's one of the beauties that uh, we're given in life is the opportunity to start over, and there's been a million songs written about it. So what are, uh, what are some of your major influences musically? You know, there's just so many great players. Over time, you know, there's just been so many great players. And, you know, of course, there's a lot of great rock writers. Or, you know, Ian Anderson from Jethro Tull was a great writer. Yeah. But I always liked the story writers. So, you know, you move down through all that stuff. You get into some of that Deep Purple. There's some great stories in there. You know, um, Judas Priest even. Some of that stuff had some stories in it. You know, 80% of rock and roll is a physical effect, and the other 20% is a story. Yeah. Country is 80% story, 20% physical effect, so it's completely different, yeah. upside down. But, you know, during the 80s, when disco was just dying off, and along came a band called Dire Straits and Mark Knopfler, and he changed the whole face of music right there and, and started rock back up again, you know, and it wasn't long, and... I had a good friend at Warner Brothers years ago, and he told me, he said, you know, in about six months you're going to hear Rockabilly on the radio again. And I thought, how can that be, you know? Sure enough. Stray Cats. <laughs> Stray Cats Strut come along, and you had Rockabilly again. So music is so cyclic that, you know, like if you're writing for Nashville or you're writing on a, a label somewhere, typically you're going to run into a lot of problems because as a writer they want 16 songs a month if you're co-writing and 32 if you're not right. so 
you know, a wise person who once said, Harlan Howard, the greatest songwriter ever lived in Nashville, said, just write one song every day. It doesn't even have to be a good song. And if nothing else, at the end of the year, you've written 365 songs. <laughs> so somewhere in there, you're going to get a good one. Yeah. But he also said you have to write 300 of them to get a good one. Yeah. You know, and this comes from a guy who walked into the songwriter's room there in Nashville one time when Patsy Klein was just starting to get going good. Everybody was drunk, Chris Christopherson and Waylon, they were all in there, just kids. Jerry Reed, bunch of them. Patsy came in and Harlan Howard and Hank Cochran were sitting there and she said, I just went out with some old cowboy and he broke my heart. Man tore me into pieces, said, Harlan, I need a song. Just like that, 10 minutes, Harlan Howard and Hank Cochran wrote, I Fall to Pieces. Wow. 10 minutes. Wow. That's you awesome. Know, yeah. And some people have a, a feeling for the emotion that someone else feels, and they feel empathy, and they're able to transmit that somehow to a piece of paper. You know, Harlan, uh, Hank Cochran used to say, you know, Harlan was married seven times. And with every wedding, he'd write five beautiful love songs. And then with every divorce, he'd write seven killer divorce songs. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, you know, and unfortunately as a songwriter, you have to remember one thing, that in order to be a songwriter, we're writing about life. Yeah. In order to write about it, you got to have one. That's very true. Oh. Up next is uh, Jim Skews. This is a guy that's uh, a great songwriter, obviously, also. Uh, 
he he did a lot of songs, uh, three songs the first night I was there, and I heard him play, and I was just blown away. His lyrics are great, but his voice, I don't know what's better, his voice or his lyrics. Maybe his lyrics, but it takes his voice to carry the lyrics the way they do. His guitar playing is, is also amazing. He's a great guitar player and has a really unique guitar, which uh, it's, it's some type of Irish guitar, uh, that was made by Irish people uh, that live in Wyoming, probably. <laughs> and um, no, he, he's a great songwriter and a great guitar player. He's a great picker, and uh, he's my favorite thing about him is the way he talks about his songs. He has kind of a role as he goes into his songs, a lot like Niall does, but and Al does the same thing. They kind of and I, I try to use that in my own stage performances. I try to lead into my songs kind of the way these guys have taught me how to do it a little bit more. Like, instead of just getting up there, this is a song, da, 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 which is how I used to do it. And it was weird because it was just syllables and it wasn't really words. Um, and then they also, they're painting with their words before the song as they lead into the song. And then they begin painting the, the air with their music. And it's, it's really cool. And Jim Skew is a master of that. Um, his lyrics are meaningful, profound, and intimate. And he shares that with people. Uh, in in the performance that he's giving, and you could feel all of it. He's also been influenced by Dylan heavily, and that's something that, of course, you know I love that. Uh, anyone that's influenced by Dylan in the right way, like Jim Skews was, uh, you get to hear it in the way he reflects back on his past through his music going forward. It's it's an impressive commitment to, uh, to the art of writing, and uh, he's mastered that. So please enjoy some of his music. Brother Don's. I'm with Jim Skews, who is a brilliant singer-songwriter, also part of uh, the, the regular show that goes on here. I heard him really for the first time uh, last time I was here, and uh, really, really enjoyed his music. He's a clever writer, uh, writes from the heart, and then his brain scrambles it up into something completely different. <laughs> 
It's beautiful. It's touching, and it's uh, it's everything he does is it's just moving, and he, he's good at putting images into your head, which is a, a great gift and something most songwriters can do. So I guess my first question I want to ask you is: I'm really interested in your writing process. How you go from experiencing events, and then you, you it, it goes through the the process of your heart, your head, your spirit. You put mm-hmm. it down on paper. What's that process like for you? And do you have a particular way you do it every time? Well, I'm still, uh, I know it's always evolving. And I, uh, I'm a big believer in just making a big brain dump. And, uh, and uh, that's easier these days with uh, electronic means. And that's you true. can just rearrange verses, phrases, words. And uh, I always use... Uh, thesaurus and uh, rhyming dictionary <laughs> really to help That's me awesome. come up with things i don't know how bob dylan does it no nah, but you know bob dylan's kind of probably a space alien that's yeah i think that's safe he probably is yes he may agree too and i try to think of a point and the song's got to have a point that's otherwise it's just an exercise i've, I've done true. exercises in weather i've done exercises in um oh chivalry various uh, abstract things that just never came out to be a song hmm. and the best thing that happens is when I think of uh, a good uh, musical um, background and or foreground and and put some words to it and then and that's the seed from which it springs so for you does music come first and then the lyrics, or is it the lyrics and then the music? Lately, it's been the lyrics first. Okay. And um, do you find that easier? Not necessarily. Yeah. No. Uh, it's it's not only different with each person; it's different within the person, right? Too. Um, I know that. Um, well, speaking of Dylan, he's he uh, was talking about his John Wesley Harding album and how a couple of songs on there he came up with the words first and then put them to music mm-hmm. and that was a, uh, unusual for him and for me it's the other way around I usually come up with the, the poem and uh, hopefully I, I make it uh, have a, a strong enough meter um, the words have some kind of rhythm that suggests uh, music right I know that in my experience I'd say 98% of what I do is lyrics first and then, and way ahead too. Like the, I mean, there may be a hundred songs in waiting that need music, and then the music comes when it's ready to. Every once in a while, I'll write something. I wrote a song called "I Wish I Were Dead," and I wrote the lyrics and the music at the exact same time. And it was, it's very rare for me to do that. Tonight, I'm going to do a song where uh, it's called "It's You," mm-hmm. and same thing happened: lyrics, music at the same time in one shot. Like it was weird. Like I wrote it, I'm like that's it, it's done. Now, that's really really weird when that happens to me I love it when that happens that's so great it's kind of like um it's kind of like hitting all the green lights on your way home like really this is amazing (laughs) uh yeah i think a lot about bob dylan and the way he writes in fact you mentioned john wesley harding i was listening to it on way up here and i noticed that every song he has on that album like the the name of the song is also the first few words of the song (laughs) all of them like um uh, what's this song about the... I dreamed I saw St. Augustine. Yep. Um, then the immigrant one. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, All Along the Watchtower. Obviously, on that one also. Um, uh, Frankie Lee and Judas Priest. They were the best of friends. 
You know, he's same same yeah. deal there. That's the only one that says the ballad of Frankie Lee and Judas Priest. But anyway, I thought that's a really weird album too. Like his writing is way different than that. Like all along the Cove is a weird song for him. Mm-hmm. It, that was one of the ones he came up with the words uh, the words first and put it to music. Well, yeah, no, it's yeah, he's 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 awesome with that. I love his he's good twists. with dreams. I, I I believe in dreams too. I mean. I don't think there's really any such thing as writer's block because you mm. can just put down anything and massage it. That's but that's true. maybe that's because I've been an editor for 30, 40 years. That's an years. interesting angle, yeah. Um, and I went to classical school. In college, I majored in guitar. And so I have the, the music, too. And, and I've always been kind of an imaginative guy. Wait. So that's the third... You marry it all together really nice. It's a good, it's a good musical stew up there on stage. I love your lyrics. I mean, that that was... I also, you have a good voice, though, too. That's the other thing that sells it. You have a way of, of singing and approaching approaching the moment in your in your songs. That you sell a story really, really well. Um, well, I and, believe you should sing to people. Yeah, well, you definitely do. I mean, I, like, I know that you write personally. You know, it, it's a personal song, but... I'm also getting things out of that. Like when you're, when you're singing, yeah. I'm like I'm relating to this. What was the song you wrote about That's Eva? Idea. Something about Eva's room. Eva's room. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, my head's going in totally different directions while you're singing it. Each word is inspiring me to think of different things. You're putting images in my head. Um, that is, a, that's almost like being a wizard. <laughs> it's kind of cool. <laughs> that's a, that's um, a very nice compliment. I appreciate your time, but we're about to get the show going. Um, thank you, Jim Skews, for coming out here and doing this, and uh, we'll try to get some of your music on tonight, too. Okay, pleasure. Thanks, man. The sky was steel and loaded like a gun. My heart was telling me I'd better run. It flashed and shot me down with the moon. I woke up on the floor of Eva's room. I looked up at her laughing down at me. The storm behind her howled my destiny. I couldn't get away from her perfume. producer Donna Federer just told me it's time to say goodbye 
So, um, I kind of feel like this is the end of the Muppet show or something where there's some crying and some puppets involved. Um, anyway, so that's just the end of the podcast. This is where we say goodbye. You're making it sound like it's the very end of the last episode, and that's not true. Okay. It's just the end of this episode. Alright, the end of this episode. So, um, I hope you enjoyed listening to it, and, uh, we'll, we'll have to take you out with some, some music potentially from uh, an artist that we featured on here, if that's okay with you. It's just going to be a surprise. Yeah, it's going to be a surprise. Right, it'll be whatever I choose when I'm at Oh my god, Donna's got controls, she's going to choose things. <laughs> oh, this is, this is the worst! Okay, so, um, anyway, uh, the next podcast we're going to do, we're jumping all over the place a little bit. Some stuff from Rhythm and Rye. Uh, we got some stuff coming from Brother Don's again. Uh, and some stuff is coming from Traditions slash Brother Don's. So it's kind of like a, I don't know, it's a cobbler. It's a musical cobbler starring Nicole Laverty, Mick McCartney, and Anna Robinson. And when I said those words, by the way, I pictured them as cartoon figures, like in a comic book, with like pow and like cool jazz going on so anyway they're on the next one all right all right then we look forward to making that one for our audience i think it'll be good I nicole so. nicole does some spoken word which is going to be super awesome yeah that's she's our first spoken word artist that we've had on there so i'm really excited about that her. i do i love her work i think it's fantastic she's got a lot of passion a lot of emotion and uh, a lot of authority going into her work mick mccartney is kind of a local legend uh singer songwriter extraordinaire um, I think he claims to be related to Paul McCartney. I'm afraid to say that he isn't, because maybe he really is. And then Anna Robinson, who, uh, of course, she's a good friend of mine, and I was super happy to get another opportunity to interview her and get some of her music on. As uh, She went up to Brother Don's, and uh, we hung out there while we played music, which we do music, because that's what we do. Okay, I think we can end this now. I think you're you're, this is it. <laughs> you're, you're right. out of articulate speech at this point. That is probably not true. All right, so here's a surprise song. Wyoming. Well, I don't care much for this stuff here on the radio now they call country or the stuff they call pop. But, uh, I'm just a little buzzy. I decided I'd better try to write something pop, so here's one I'm trying to write that's kind of pop to me anyway.
Yeah. 